0: Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Brian Passell, an executive coach with Fortune Management. Brian has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and is extremely passionate about leadership and human behavior. One of the technologies we teach at Fortune is the DISC assessment. Brian is one of our in-house experts on this subject, so I know you'll get a lot from this episode. And now enjoy my conversation with Brian. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you on. I'm doing a series of highlighting different coaches within Fortune Management who are doing awesome things. And so I'm so grateful to have you on the show today.
1: Thanks. It's going to be fun.
0: Yes. And so we are going to talk today about one of the foundations of what we teach at Fortune Management using a behavioral assessment called the DISC Profile. And Brian, I know you came to us with a lot of experience and you're very, very knowledgeable about DISC. So I'm super excited that you're going to share with our listeners some of the things that they can do with this behavior assessment.
1: Yeah, great. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I hope we just all walk away from this with uh, some awareness and and extra knowledge we didn't have before uh, about how using a tool like DISC profiling can help us be more effective you know, in, in the office with our patients, with our teams, um, and even outside the office. So it's a phenomenal way just to, you know, build, um, some understanding about kind of what makes us all tick.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, I... I agree with you, it's affected my life greatly. It's been a huge aha for my relationships, my personal relationships and my work relationships professionally in understanding people's behavior and why they do the things that they do and then how to communicate effectively with them. So so this is this is an awesome subject. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how would you describe the disc profile just in general to people? Sure.
1: So starting kind of from the foundation of what this tool really is. And it's a behavioral assessment. So like others that are out there, there are different ones that are really applicable for the work environment and other situations. These are not personality assessments. These are evaluations of our normal behavior, if that makes sense. So we're not looking for anybody's um, psychological issues or personality disorders. This is just straight up Normal behavior, and and Kim, you you know, seen the disc a lot as well, and you you can vouch for that. That when we're talking about you know behavior through the lens of a of disc, we're talking about just normal, observable, everyday stuff that we all do uh, to more or less degrees um, in how we interact with folks, and how we um, communicate, and how we respond to stress and things like that. So this is by no means a psychological. Test of of anything deep or abnormal or anything anything strange that we have to worry about. So I say that up front because lots of times you know we come to a, a team an organization and say hey we're gonna do a disc assessment. They're, oh they get a little bit nervous <laughs> um, and they start to worry. But there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of uh, with with this type of uh, of an assessment. I, and and I may slip and say it a few times, but I try to avoid the word test because it's not a test. There's there, there's no right or wrong. Um, we do get kind of scores, but the scores that help just understand where you fall out on different dimensions, but there's no pass or fail. So I think that's really critical to understand. I think it's also really important to understand one of the potential kind of misuses of something like this uh, is, you know, one, we we don't use this for for hiring people. It's not a valid predictor of job performance. So there are tests out there that can be used for, you know, selecting people uh, for jobs. This is not one of them. Now that doesn't mean you can't use it to help understand how well somebody will fit with your team or how they'll fit in, um, and and augment your team. But it's not something you want to base any um, hiring decisions on. So I think that's important also to be clear. Um, and and then even before I get into the different dimensions of the disc, you know, also to be aware that we don't want to fall into the trap of labeling or pigeonholing anybody based on their results from the, these assessments you know pigeonholing another person another individual or your or yourself for that matter right so when we talk about our colleagues um, or anybody around us you know i want us to avoid Statements like, "Oh well, you know, she's too much of a, a C to work in the back, or she's too much of an I to do this or the other," and, and I don't want it to also become your own personal way of making excuses for your behavior, right? Sure. Well, it's not my fault. I'm I'm such a high D right? <laughs> that, that 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 we can't we can't use it. We can't we don't want to blame the test. We don't want to make the test our excuse for the assessment our results excuse for our, our behaviors. And and you'll see as we talk about this, really why that so important because this really is a tool for us to to empower us to have um, a better way to understand who we are how we behave and perform and then really uh, bottom line give us a kind of a, a nomenclature to discuss our behaviors in a very non-judgmental manner um, again for yourself your own behaviors and and others as well so you don't Pointing the finger at anybody when you talk about their performance, or pointing the finger at yourself again. Um, So that's where these become this becomes so valuable because this is the the type of um, concept or skill even that we didn't get in school, right? Right. (laughs) In in school we learned how you know reading, writing, arithmetic, but I did not learn um, how to understand. My preferred way of communicating, or how to adjust my style so that I could be more effective at influencing others. Um, and we weren't given the right words and the vocabulary and this, the, the the statements that we need so that we can describe what's happening to us in a really uh, meaningful and accurate manner. So and I know I know that was all all, all mouthful, but but I really think it's, it's so important that we start from that foundation because like any other tool or instrument that we have at our disposal, you know, the more knowledgeable we are about how it's to be implemented um, or not in, implemented will really help determine how, how much impact we can have with it and, and in the right way, so very positive impact.
0: I love what you're saying. I just want to reemphasize that it's not a personality test. I always make sure that my teams understand that. And that also we have all four dimensions within us. We just have some that are stronger. So pigeonholing yourself or other people is not very healthy because you're you're not being in possibility when you're with someone. And we teach, of course, sensory acuity and fortune management. So being acutely sensitive to the other person's communication style really comes into all of this. And not seeing them as just a high D or a high C or whatever it might be, and seeing them as a person, and they've got behavior styles that you can work with. So it's great. That's right.
1: Well, we're, you, you said it just right. You're a whole person, and, and we're, we are human beings, and we're complex, right? Yes. So, so this by no means taps into every dimension and, and attribute of, of our, our minds and how we behave. Um, there's no one, te- no one assessment that could ever possibly do that. And also to your point, Kim, to reemphasize, like, you know, don't limit yourself. Right. And that's the whole thing. Here. Even if we get into what these dimensions are, but the power of this is that we're going to learn. And so we teach our teams and, um, and everybody around us that uses disk is really, we want to be able to, to become flexible, right. And, yes. and, and then adjust our style for the situation so we can be more successful right? And keeping kind of the end goal in mind. And you can adjust and you can learn. That's what we're, we're emphasizing the word behavior. And it's not a personality. Personality traits are much uh, more concretized. They're, they're, they're harder to change if you can change them at all. But behaviors are, are a choice in essence. And ultimately, they're a habit. And we can definitely talk more about that uh, later, right? But how you react to certain things in your environment is really a learned behavior. And so we can make a choice. To respond to certain stimuli um, in a different way, if we if we'd like. So I, I know I'm talking almost somewhat abstract, but for example, if we're having a super busy day and and um, in the office and, and the schedule falls apart and the phone's ringing and 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 the photocopier is broken and somebody showed up late for work and all the stuff flying at us, you know, how do you communicate in that situation? Yes. Right? Do you do you panic? Do you become short tempered? <laughs> right, do you use poor language, poor traces of words, um or do you completely shut down I, whatever it whatever it is, but you can also see a way out of that and say, well, you know what I now by taking a step back understanding how I react to that situation, I could be more effective if I were to do this rather than that. So again, this is superly super, super uh, empowering. A uh, bit of knowledge to have. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the four yeah, key great. dimensions. Yeah, The four then, dimensions. We're kind of dancing. We're dancing around and we're throwing out letters left, right, and center. And D, I, S, and C. So, what do they mean? And and I'm going to say this, my friend. You know, there there are versions of the disc out there. Multiple versions. Um, so, the words I'm going to use, you know, they, they come from uh, different sources, but they're all related to the disc and very similar in nature. So, if you go out there and you're kind of googling around, you might see something a little bit different, and that, that's okay. Mm-hmm, um, but they're all sure. built on the same, um, you know, fundamentals. So, you know, the first letter being a D, uh, we heard that's referred to as a dominant style or a decisive. I'll just kind of work my way around the, the main letters and then we'll come back around and kind of define them a bit. Okay. So D is more the dominant, decisive, and then your I is going to be somebody who's more of influence or that stands for interactive and they high, higher energy. Um, S is our stabilizer, they're like steadiness, um, a stabilizing force if you will. And C, C would be cautious or or conscientious, right? Conscientiousness, use a lot of syllables. Um, And so you can already start to tell by these strong choices of words that they're very different from one another. Again, I I can't reemphasize enough, like you said, Kim, that like we all have some of each one of these. So that's really important. And we can also choose to work on each one of these areas and, and, and flex when the time is right. Yes. So, you know, when we want to understand what they are or how we define them, it's pretty neat to take a look and understand kind of maybe even some just simple adjectives (laughs) and adverbs and, and, and uh, know verbs that, that, that will kind of demonstrate for us what these look like. And we're talking about behaviors and behaviors are observable actions, right? Right. Um, personality traits are can be can be more internal. So things that we see, you know, see we how we talk about people. So you know someone who who's more of a has has a higher score on on the D dimension, they're going to be demanding, uh, very driving, even forceful, right? Daring. You're going to see them being determined, competitive, um, you know, they'll they'll be very direct. Yeah. And 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 very uh, results oriented, yes. they're motivated, motivated by getting results. Right. Yeah. for they, sure. They want to see, see results and they want to see action and they, and they love a good challenge and they love to be challenged.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those are things to look for in somebody. We can probably all imagine somebody who has that as a dominant style. We can all picture it in our head. Somebody like, like that. Um, they're going to, uh, move when i say move i don't mean physically they're going to they're going to make decisions and take initiative and be very very high action oriented if that makes sense mm-hmm. yes they're they're, pay, they're pace they're going to work at a very active pace faster pace and they and tend to be bold and dynamic um, that's our, our our decisive person or decisive i should say um construct now on the influencer the influencer um or or a more interactive type of person you know these people are a lot of fun <laughs> you know, they they're gregarious um some of the words used to describe them you know that they can be persuasive and inspiring a lot of enthusiasm very very sociable they they're, they're, they're going to be outgoing they're going to show this enthusiasm a lot of optimism you know very very lively this is your the cheerleader on the team right the one that's there to wrap that rallies the troops. The people, people, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the people person. You know, they're just going to be the social butterfly, checking with everybody, make sure everybody's doing okay, uh, but won't stick around too long for much of a conversation before they move on. Because um, similar to to the D you know, decisive uh, dimension, also an influence, they're also. Um, uh, fast paced, right? So okay. that's where the high energy comes from. Sure. But they show more of that, more motivated by enthusiasm. They want to see people being excited and pumped up. Um, and and they, do, they, do va- they do get motivated a little bit more by, by collaboration. They want to see people come together, but maybe a little bit more to, to socially sometimes. So, you know, they like the groups coming together and group activities, and they, they love building relationships. So that's your interactive influencing type person. Or dimension. And then to move on around to our, our S, right? This is our stabilizing. Yes. Um, they're going to... Now we're going to start to see it kind of slow down a little bit. And you'll see what I mean when we start to look at the the, the, the verbs and adverbs that describe them. You know, They're going to be more patient. Yeah. And a bit more, more passive. Um, they're going to really try to stabilize... The situation they like stability and consistency, um, but they're they're steady, they're even keeled, um, and they like to make peace. Right? They want to see everybody getting along and have kind of calmness in 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 the group,
0: and not a lot of change. Um, right? They don't want like a lot of change in their life, like steadiness.
1: Yeah, they want steadiness. They will um, go with change, but they're going to want to know how. How are we going to do it? Right. Because if you can answer that question, how it's going to happen, that'll give them kind of peace of mind. Right. It's that kind of unknown. Yeah. They they do fear loss of stability and they they will have the apprehensive to change because it's disruptive, because it interrupts harmony. I see. That makes sense. Sure. Of course. We we can talk about the fears that each of these have. That kind of falls into that fear bucket. Right. And they fear offending. Others, so because why? Because if you if you offend others, then you've just rocked the boat, right? <laughs> so so they don't want to cause that disruption, um, but they're wonderful to have on a team. Um, if this is oh, somebody's yes. dominant style you know, they're going to really be there to to keep things level and and be aware when things are disrupted. And maybe they'll be the ones that will come forward and let the leader know, hey, I think there's some disharmony on the team and that's not good for us. (laughs) So yeah, they can be your rock, if you will. So they love love the support, right? And in collaboration, and they look for that stability. So that's that's our high S. Now C, these are the ones, you know, this dimension get, kind of gets poked fun of a lot because it can really stand out so different from the others in a lot, a lot of ways. But it's an amazing dimension, and I admire it a lot uh, because I, it's one that I'm, I'm very low on, <laughs> and, uh, but I see the value in it. Now, C stands for cautious, again, like I said, or conscientious. And this dimension is represented by things like um, perfectionism, very systematic, uh, very careful can be analytical they like things to be in order you know very neat um precision um being precise in, in, in anything we do and uh, in, in private as well so kind of the polar opposite of our of our eye dimension right they're not going to be out there rah 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 cheering on the team right <laughs> they're going to be in the back making sure everything's ordered and and, and happening in a timely fashion. And we're not, you know, we're crossing our T's and dot in our eyes, and everything's happening as it, as it should be. Um, they're going to need more time. They're not going to move at the pace or make decisions or react at the pace of somebody who is higher on dominance or interactive, the, the D's and the I's. So they're going to need some, need some time to make decisions, right? They're not going to want to be forced into the corner and and asked to make a decision on the spot. They're probably going to want more information and time to process that information so that they can come up with an accurate response. They they really have this fear of, of criticism and just simply, you know, being wrong. We can't afford to be wrong. We can't afford to be wrong. We can't make a mistake here. So, you know, let's make sure we, we slow it down. So, again, similarly to having somebody who's maybe more S on your team, if you're talking about building a team, and I know maybe getting ahead of ourselves here, but you're building this culture, you know, they can really help you out. They can, you know, because if you have a, a lot of people who are high on D and I and they're moving at a rapid fit, you know, pace is, and light lightning speed, they can really step in it sometimes. And, and, and somebody who's higher on C your team is going to help you pull back and they're going to ask Hey, why are we doing this? (laughs) Sure. Let's slow this down. Um, So that's why I really respect them. Their their, their passion and and drive and motivation for for accuracy is awesome. Of course, it can work against them because it can keep them from making decisions and taking action.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I always talk about
0: perfection paralysis, right? They become paralyzed to make a decision, right? Mm Mm-hmm
1: it's safer not to make a decision than to do, to do anything, which, which, you know, if we, we need, if we want to have an entrepreneurial culture, we're going to have to figure out how this, those people can fit in there. Right. And, and we can do that. We can build the team and how we work together um, and build our agreements with each other so that somebody who is higher on C actually um, can contribute tremendously to a team. So some of the fears that I didn't you know, mention yet about someone who's on the higher D dimension, the dominant dimension, they also have fears, even though they kind of have the reputation of being the, uh, the big macho, strong superpower, strong, you know, boisterous, <laughs> you know, outgoing leader. But that doesn't mean they don't have fears that drive that behavior because really someone who, who takes a dominance type of position or demonstrates that behavior, um, you know, they, they really have a fear to, of losing maybe control. Mm-hmm. Right, sure, yep. And they and and they fear vulnerability, right? So, you know, if I can make decisions like this, tick tock, and you know everything comes at me, I have a response for, and I'm ready, and I can take a challenge, and you can confront me, and I can handle it, right? Well, they do that as a way to come across as not being vulnerable, and so you know, we need to be aware of that. And, and 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 then with folks who are higher in the influence variable, they you know, they they don't want to be rejected socially, right? They don't and, and they don't want to be ignored. They, they like to have attention, um, and they don't want to lose their ability to influence. So that's something to understand as well. So we all have every one of these styles or these dimensions has you know strengths and, and areas that we have to watch out for as well. Um, but once you understand that, the whole world opens up to us of possibility. Exactly.
0: So So talk to us a little bit about, Brian, what's the benefit to the leader of an organization if they understand everyone's disc?
1: Right. So for a leader to understand everyone's disc, first it starts with that leader. So kind of know thyself, right? To be a good leader, you're going to know who you are, understand how you react and respond, and how fast or slow you move with your decisions and your behaviors and responses to others. And then you can take a look at your team and get a better understanding of their actual performance on the team. Just kind of speaking practical terms, you know, if uh, in your office you come up with a, a project you're going to work on to, for for marketing, right? We want to develop uh, um, some new campaign for our Facebook to promote Invisalign or implants. You pick it; doesn't matter. And you hand that off. You hand that off to Susie and you think she's off and running with it, and you come to find that, well, nothing's happened. Right. (laughs) Right? And and as a leader, right, I want to make sure you understand the difference between being a leader and a boss. A a boss is going to say, well, why isn't, you know, Susie, my marketing person, following through on her job description, right? Well, because her tasks and responsibilities are to execute on these marketing or advertising campaigns. But a leader is going to want to know what held her back from performing this duty, and what does she need, and how can I – Provide that, right? So you know, if I understand who she is better, then I can play that role, right? We teach in Fortune, you know, we want our doctors who are the business owners to be more of leaders, to be more of that CEO mentality. And sometimes they need to wear the hat of a coach. Yeah, that that makes for a great leader, right? They're not going to do the work, right? And we don't want to jump to conclusions. So it helps them understand what's driving and motivating their team members. So some of the words that I used before, right? Well, if I know Susie really likes accuracy and she needs stability because she's a mix of maybe some C and some S, right? So then if I'm going to hand off a project to her, I'm going to make sure that I give her all the information that she needs, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to make sure that she has all of her questions answered, and also ask, right? Ask the right questions and say, hey, Susie, how much time do you need to deliver on this? Because the last thing someone who's high on C wants is to be rushed. And so we live in such a fast-paced world, they're always you know, sometimes we, we slip and think, well, things have to be done right now, right now, right now, which really in the long run could slow us down. And so let's let's appreciate if if I'm a good leader. I understand these different strengths and attributes that my team members bring, then I can work with them so much better. Um, that's, that's one way
0: and communicate with them in the way they like to be communicated to.
1: Right. Well, that's really the ultimate power we have here is, you know, yes, know yourself, but ultimately, you know, be able to give to those who are working around us and that we have relationships with, because you're going to flex again, to flex your style so that that person that you're communicating with can get what they need to be successful. right? And so, right, and you can't know how to flex for them it's just, if you don't understand what they're all about. So back to the original question, you know, you know how has it helped them? Well, let's talk about how we do that. And we come in with the whole team, and everybody on that team will take the DISC assessment, and then we can do a reading of that assessment to the team, and we can also provide the results of those profiles to the leader of that office. And a great leader is going to want to look at those really closely. And I've even had team leaders sit down one-on-one face-to-face with each member of their team and go through kind of a series of questions about each other's profile so they can better understand what they need, right? And so that they're, they're coming from that empowering position. They're empowering each other to have the highest performing, most effective professional and personal relationship you really could possibly have
0: right so let's talk a little bit about how the team can interact with each other better by knowing each other's disk.
1: sure so you know i always tell my teams that i work with that like they're kind of like a, it's like proverbially you're know, working in a submarine right you've got six seven eight nine people trapped in this kind of two thousand three thousand square foot space right? and there's nowhere to run nowhere to hide so, like how beautiful would it be if we could actually understand everybody's motivation, right. And not assume or judge. And when I say motivation, I don't mean kind of ethically or uh, what they're trying to get out of you or the, you know, get out of work. I mean, what drives their, their behavior, right? What are they moving towards? And, and so if we could have that and, and understand these words that I, I, Used before in these adjectives, so that we can talk to each other about their about each other's behaviors in a non-judgmental, non-confrontational manner. That that alone would eliminate drama, (laughs) right? And 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 promote understanding of behavior. So as a as a team member, as a team, we now. or help at least help reduce our our judging of one another, right? I can give i I can give stories. I had a, a phenomenal high performing team uh, where the leader asked me to come in and do disc assessments for the whole team because she realized there was some discord among the team, and as a leader, she really wanted to pull back. She didn't want to be you know the mommy, the school principal, and the boss all rolled up in one. She wanted to pull back and do the high level work she needed to do to move the, the group forward, the organization forward, right? And I'll let the team down there or across the hall, if you will, you know, do the things they need to do without needing a referee every five minutes. And so you know, we came in and, and, and let everybody take the assessment, and we did a workshop and let everybody understand the disc and what it means about them, et cetera, et cetera. And during the course of that workshop, it came out that you know, there were a lot of people who had some negative Uh, I guess a negative attitude towards one member of the team because that member happened to always be slowing them down and not delivering on commitments when they thought they were, when they were expected, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned out that that team member loved the work, loved the group, um, lots of passion for it. However, they were very high on their seat, mm-hmm. right, and so they needed more time, more information, ability to process things, to get things right, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this person had slowed things down so much, though, that the the, the leader had told me before the session that they're she was thinking about letting him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talk about aha moments! Wow. These light sure. bulbs like came on over the heads of everybody in the room. And I was told the next day, this, this leader called me and said, you're not going to believe what happened. You know, yesterday after the session, Susie dropped by John's office and said, hey, now I understand you so much better and apologized for always pointing the finger at him for the one slowing down because she accepted I haven't been giving him what he needs to be successful.
2: That's a
0: beautiful story. I love it. So empowering for the team to understand each other's dimensions. It's really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it changes. It, it changes their world. And it helps when they're, you know, preparing for the day or preparing for a special project or preparing for change or preparing for a meeting. You know, I don't get, sure. Well, you pick the, the situation. I don't care if you're planning the, the, the office holiday party, uh-huh. right? If we know how each other uh, handles preparation for events or processing information or communicating, we will get things done so much better with so much less frustration and friction, right? If we can understand this. So it just, it's just, it's that ultimate, the ultimate grease for the gears of, of our office and our team.
0: Exactly. So it can really help a team create a great culture. Um, and talk a little bit about that. You know, one of the things that Fortune, we're always working to do is to create creating great cultures, creating empowering cultures, cultures of accountability. How does the DISC help us create that culture that we want?
1: Yeah, this is a fantastic question, because really at the end of the day, this is kind of what it's all about when you bring it you know, all together. Right. Mm-hmm. So it creates culture, a great culture, um, I guess, on, on two two levels. Right. One goes back to the beginning of what I, I was saying at the beginning of this conversation was that just one, we, we're starting from a point that we're in a culture where we, we, we value each other's differences. So talk about like the true meaning of diversity, right? This is like really deep diversity because uh, it's diversity of behavior. And so we can value that and know that we want to be giving to each other so that we will flex to help understand each other and communicate better. That builds a beautiful culture, right? Um, that's one of, them. and so as we know in, in fortune, you know, our model that we, we take a good look at, you know, how to build a great culture, you know, we're looking at these four cornerstones of team, um, you know, and, and, and a couple of those are. Uh, you know, quality communication and relationships. Yes. And, you know, we have our whole methodology around quality communication and the steps to that. Um, But if you layer on this, (laughs) right, you layer on this understanding of how people respond and react and function and and their needs and their motivations, Um, you know, it takes your communication to a whole nother level. And we know that once you have communication to a great level, your relationships blossom. So you will build a culture of strong, where relationships are valued and strong relationships are valued and great communication is valued. And that's ultimately what a culture is, right? A culture is really just our agreed upon values. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so if we can value great communication and understanding one another and adapting to each other's style, we can build that. And we can also, by taking a look at where we all fall out on our discs. So I do this with all of my teams. We take and we map out all of our uh, DISC assessments relative to each other to see where Mm -hmm. as a whole, as a whole organization, what do we look like? You know, we, we are in a, you know, in dentistry, obviously being in the healthcare profession, you may have a tendency to have folks that are more in the kind of more of a giving supportive type of role or, or, or from mindset. And, you know, if you end up with a team, that's all high, high, on S, right? <laughs> well, that's really nice, but that might be hard to get things to change and develop and evolve. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I'm looking at my organization, I would say, you know what, we're not entrepreneurial enough. We're not willing to take chances enough. We're not daring enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now I know what now now I understand that better. We can now build the culture. We can take control of that and direct it. Because you know if I as the leader or the team even collectively don't make a decision as to what kind of culture that we want to have. It's going to develop on its own. And one day you'll wake up and say, oh, this isn't what I want, or this isn't what we need. So it really can help you become mindful, thoughtful, purposeful in building your culture.
0: Love it. I love it. And for those of you who don't know the sort of the one of the concepts that we teach at fortune is this context versus content and the content is all the things that you do um and that every other dental practice does or most dental practices do it's the context in which your patients experience you and that of course has to do with your culture and disc has been very very uh, powerful in helping to create a great culture
1: one of the things that that understanding empowers is to do it and, and really the more you understand it the the more adept you become at using the disc and and comfortable with it, you can develop a bit of a a kind of a a sixth sense, right? And you can start to read people. And I don't mean this in a manipulative way. Um, It's a a very empowering way because we believe in, you know, you really want to build rapport with your patients, right? And we, we talk a lot about this in our technologies for how we do treatment Acceptance and enrollment, right? Getting our patients to to, to accept the treatment we know they need, Um, and how do we build great relationships? Is you know building rapport. Well, if I can ask just a few good questions of an individual, start to get to know them, and I can kind of get a sense of where they fall out predominantly, right? And just again, we don't know everything about a person; they're complex. But then I can start to get a read on them, and then tailor how I'm communicating with them. So it's a huge advantage. You know, when we meet new patients, or we bring a new member onto our team, which you know, hopefully they're doing, we're doing it right. Every new member that joins our team will also take the assessment. But obviously, we don't have the ability to dole this out to, to our patients. That would, that just wouldn't work. But it does give you that ability to, you know, tailor how you're speaking and 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 adjust and and flex to make people really feel comfortable right away. Um, because you're speaking their language.
0: Exactly. The SISC is part of our enrollment tools, our tools of influence that we teach in one of our sessions. And so when they're using their sensory acuity, they're picking up on maybe where their patients are. And I'm glad we're moving into the patient realm, because I what I always say is that we're learning about ourselves. Like you said, know thyself. We're learning about our team yeah. members. And then we're also learning about our patients and matching yeah. and mirroring their style. So talk a little bit about maybe how you might... If you've got a, a, um, a D, a high D patient in the chair, how you might be treating them differently. Let's, let's go around sure. the dimensions. Yeah.
1: And think just to clarify, when you say treating them differently, we're not talking about clinically. Oh, right? yes. We're talking, no.
0: With our communication <laughs> rapport building. Yes. Yeah. How we? Yeah. So.
1: Here's here's the cool thing about somebody who's a D, or I shouldn't say is a D. I I, I take that. I may mean, walk that back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Practice my my, who's a, you know has a higher dom, higher dominant style. Um, Grading anyway, with the D's, they're, they're really hard to offend, right? So so you can be super direct with them. I always kind of say that, like, speak in bullet points, um, and 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 just tell them straightforward. Okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what it means for your health, and this is what I recommend we do about it. It's just boom, 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 and because uh, just like I said earlier, describing that that style, you know, they they like directness. They even like to be challenged. So if they push back, because they will challenge you, right? They might doubt you. They might they they, they will challenge. Them, well, how how do you know that doc or you know, or that's not what you know, that's not what my other dentist said that I went to before? Whatever it is, don't get scared if you're not a high D, and and, and again flex, right? And say you know what. This person in this chair right now wants me to push back and come right back at them. Well, I know this because of you name it, whether because of the radiographs you looked at, the studies you've looked at, right, the thousands of cases you've seen before just like it. It doesn't matter. Whatever you got in there, use it, and 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 tell them like it is, and they they, they can take it, right? Yes. Um. So the, the what you don't want to do, right? What you don't want to do is treat them like somebody who's higher on an S. Right. The op- complete opposite and go on these kind of longer um, tales and, and descriptives and, you know, just talking, 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 talking and making sure they're OK with it and be wishy washy. If you, you you slip down that slope. Right. Um, don't don't over over communicate with them because they don't got time for that. Yeah.
0: yeah. And they and I always love t- saying that a person who's exhibiting more D in their behavior they need to respect you in order to buy from you so if you're wishy-washy or if you're not direct back with them they may not be respecting you and they're probably not going to buy from you
1: that's right and you don't need to talk to them about how it you know about feelings and <laughs> right. emotions so much not that they don't have them but you know at this point it's become more of a transaction you know kind of exchange you know just stick with the facts right tell me what it, what this looks like what do I need to do and when can I do it they be ready because you know, they're going to, want to take action. Right? They want to get results. Like, I want to get this done. So that's the beauty of a D in your chair. If you know how to handle them, they're going to accept treatment. Exactly. Really, today. Right, <laughs> like, today. Because
0: they, no. yep, they yeah. want to get it done. So what about an I? Yeah. What about somebody who has a little more I in their behavior?
1: So I, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun, right? So, you know, when you're talking to them about it, Keep it moving, right? Be, be, be that, keep that pace up with them. Don't, don't slow it down and go into deep, deep detail with them as well. But you can talk to them about things like how wonderful this is and, and, and how the recognition they'll get for getting this taken care of and actually give them recognition for it, right? You know, so, it's so great that you decided to come here today and give them that sense of approval um, and, and show enthusiasm. Oh, they, they want to hear you being enthusiastic about what they're there for because they also will take action, right? But they're not so much concerned about what the outcome is going to be. This is going to be like exciting, you know? So talk about how exciting it's going to be because, oh my gosh, we've got this new Soleil laser and it does amazing things or we can take care of that crown in the same day and it's so cool how this works. I mean, that's what gets them going, right? So know that they'll make a decision quickly if you could share that excitement about what they could accomplish by getting this dentistry done.
0: Yes. And they've got to like you in order to buy from you for sure. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What about our friends who show more S dimension?
1: Sure. So here you're going to, you're going to need to slow things down, right? Um, Again, slowing it down doesn't mean lack of intelligence. Slowing it down means that they need steadiness and they can't feel rushed, right? Feeling rushed is going to make them feel uncomfortable and, you know, that's similar to the C's, you'll see um, that they share that, but they're going to want to know, you know, they want to sense sincerity, right? And they're going to want to know, you know, they're going to want predictability. So if you could walk them through it, it could really help, you know, this is what needs to happen. First, we'll do this (laughs) then we'll do that. And then you can expect this as a result. And and keep the steady tone, right? And make them feel really comfortable that this is gonna work, <laughs> and it's not gonna you know rock their world. And we can take care of any any disruptions to their life. You know whether they're gonna have to take some time out from the day, or there's gonna be a little bit of pain. That's okay. We've got this solution for that. And and just make them feel it, you know that that at ease, um, and let them know you're there. To support them in this, that this is a team effort, right? We've got the doctor here, got our assistant here. We're going to take great care of you, right? That that real motivation for for um, support and collaboration. If you can bring that out um, and, and 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 convey that to them, you you're going to win them over. Exactly, and
0: they they need to feel supported and they need to trust you in order to buy from you. And and they don't like a lot of surprises, so.
1: They don't, and, 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 you know, interesting thing about is you know, they love cooperation. So if you can engage them in that, you, you can kind of, you kind of little, a little trigger thing, a subconscious trigger, you know, like, you know, Hey, you know, Mrs. Smith, it would be really great if you could help us out. <laughs> right. By making sure you do this or let us know if you need that and engage them in it. Right. Uh, they, they will, they'll feel like they're a part of it and that's tremendously valuable. Right. So that's our, those are our high S's.
0: Yes, and then what about our dimensions that are high on the c?
1: yeah, so those who are more on the kind of cautious side, conscientiousness side, you know similar to our s's you're gonna keep the pace at a more uh thoughtful pace right and and bring it down a little bit, you know bring it down a couple notches um and for them, you know, be ready with information, <laughs> right? They're going to want to know the facts and the figures and, you know, how do you, you know, where do we know that this is going to work and, and and how do you know it's going to work? What were the studies that were done? What's the likelihood of it working? Um, you know, they're going to want to know what methods are going to be used, um, you know, how how precise is this going to be? So, you know, ton of information. Whether it's qualitative or quantitative, you can have brochures ready. You can, you know, you can have facts at the tip of, uh, at the tip of your fingertips. Would be would be great. Um, but you know, they're probably going to ask you a lot of questions um and and don't don't pressure them, not that you should pressure anybody in your chair, but don't rush them um and you know they're gonna take that as 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 uh, kind of you're being very salesy and 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 putting you know putting them in back into a corner and they're gonna just shut down on you right so be so check their temperature i don't mean physically kind of take a barometer, maybe that 's a better <laughs> metaphor You do a barometer, ask them you know. Do you Do you have all that you need to, to help you make a decision? Do you understand what we're talking about here? Are you okay with this? Um, because they want to know that you're you know, recognizing their need for that accuracy um, and stability. But you know what's neat about see though they, they do share, in common with our dominant style, which is that challenge, right? It's just challenging a little bit different way. They're challenging because they want to get accuracy in the information, right? sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Get the
1: information, right? A dominant person is challenging because they want to get results, mm-hmm. so, right? Uh, right. So, so that's what they're looking at. So just be ready for them, right? And and have all this information. And you know, like we've said all along, everybody's got a bit of each in them. So it's not like you have to get nervous and think, well. Gosh, I have to be super if I have to prepare for C's and D's and I's and S's, I'm never gonna get ready. It's all gonna be used. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 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 it's gonna be valuable. And and let me tell you, when you adapt your communication style and your approach to people, particularly the patients that we care for, like they walk out of there feeling so Great, I almost say you love like connected and synergy and sync with you all, and everything just becomes so much easier, you know for sure
0: and i I love all this information, and I think that one of the things I want you to touch on, Brian, is you know we're expecting our team members to be almost like a chameleon because they don't need to be a different person, but when you're matching and mirroring the other person's style, talk a little bit about that because that's really the key to this because everybody's got
1: their own style. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, right. So we all have our, our, our natural dominant style. Right. And, um, and so we come from that place, but now, kind of, you know, the old saying, you know, knowledge is power. <laughs> so, um, you, we've got the knowledge now. So let's put it to use and um, kind of to assume through what we've been just talking about the last hour or so is this ability to flex. So the chameleon is our metaphor for this, right? They change colors. And if you look at your disk assessment, you see there's some colors associated with the styles. We got our reds, yellows, greens, and blues. And so that's where your ability to be that superstar, you know, provider or team member comes in. So you adjust to who's in the room. Um, it doesn't mean you have to become somebody else uh, always, but as we always say, you know, you know, be who you need to be to do what you need to do to get what you want to get done. Right. So, you know, once we layer this on there, so I walk into any given room and I know who's in that chair, um, or who's sitting across from me, you know, at at our team meeting, I take it upon myself to make sure that I flex. And so if I walk into the room knowing I'm really an S, uh, really strong in the S and I, I tend to not challenge people and I take what, you know, maybe someone throws up at me in a, in a, in a challenge, um, and, and whatnot. And I'm going into the room with a D with a D I, I want to take a pause and prepare for that. Right. And some of us can do it really on the spot. Sometimes you, you need to prepare for it. So, you know, uh, if I know Mrs. Smith's coming in, uh, and, and we've treatment plan for her, maybe a more complicated right plan. Um, but she's really, really a, a high C and wants a lot of information, or maybe she's a high D. Let me step back and, and put myself together and think through it, or even put it in writing. So for the high D, I'm going to make – I literally will take a notepad, right, from going to a meeting with a high D, and I'll make those bullet points. Here are the four things I need to tell her. Right. right? <laughs> and and be ready so that I don't have to be caught thinking too quickly on my feet and stumble over it. Um, and, and if they're more of the high cautious person, OK, I'm going to have the pamphlets and the studies ready. And I'm going to have make sure if I'm if I'm a treatment coordinator, I probably already have a really great knowledge of the procedures and how we do it and what lab we use and what materials we use and how long does it take and all that. And, and But make sure you have that ready as you go in. Um, you know, it's, it's, just so it's just so valuable. I love to just empower the
0: team and have them know that they really can adapt to these different styles. And like you were saying earlier, the relationship that will be built is so much quicker and you're building rapport instantaneously and they love you. And all you had to do was just move out of your comfort zone just a little to be that chameleon, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, just think of that amazing Google review, you know, that they're like, the 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 patient could put up there, like, I went for my my first appointment at at Smile, you know, Doctor Smile's office, and and they really understood me. I never felt so well understood. Yeah, that that's really what it's about, right? And because once people feel understood and accepted and connected, they trust you. Was well as they should you know the, the trust is there, um, the open communication is there um, the the relationships become stronger, like you said and and you know it just going forward becomes something really amazing because we, we are yes we 're in the smile business, but it 's really the the, the relationship, relationship business, exactly you know? <laughs> yeah. good well,
0: so our listeners have been listening all about disc, and some maybe be our fortune clients who 've already gone through the disc workshop. Um, however, is there a resource for our listeners that you could let them know, or maybe they can find more out about disc or what should they do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think the best thing you could do is reach out to, to fortune management and connect with uh, a a local coach. Um, so the best way to understand disc is to take it (laughs) and, and get, get a reading, um, you know, be cautious Googling around because there's a lot of good information out there, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. But, you know, if you if you even just walk away with anything from this, um, it's just you know, know that general concept that we're all you know, complex individuals, yet we have patterns of behavior that we can understand. And if you can understand those patterns, then you can adjust, adapt, flex, and and provide you know, all the people around you that you're trying to connect with what they need right and exactly. that is hugely empowering that can change your approach you know instantaneously um so you know take take that home um, but please reach out to us you know fortune anytime obviously um and 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 let us know if you're interested um in taking a look and seeing who you are and what you're about um, through, through a disc assessment.
0: Right. Cause we can have any of our hundred coaches across the country could deliver a disc workshop to your team and you find out more and it's a very powerful process. So
1: yeah, tremendously. Yeah. Yes.
0: This has been awesome. Well, Brian, I always like to, um, conclude my podcast with asking my guests a little bit about, you know, what's, what's your favorite quote or is there a book that you like, that you like to recommend?
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, um, I love that question because I've got a lot of books out there. Yeah, recommend. we all do. What, we. One of the more recent ones is, um, that I read is Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clear. Um, and it's really relevant to this because all of these behaviors I've been just talking about are really habits. And and right how we react and respond and interact with our world around us are, are, are really habits. And so he has got this amazing quote in there, um among many, but one of them is you know you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your habit mm, love that yeah yeah and and so you know we can all set a goal you know to to be a, a million dollar practice right, or everybody wants to start the year off being the 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 best practice or use his analogy in sports, you know every uh, every team starts off the season wanting to be the champions, right? <laughs> but at the end of the year, they don't all make it. So, you know, you got to focus on your habits. And it starts with the individual, and then you build up collectively t- to the team. Because you can set your goal for 20, 30, 40, 50% growth uh, in production and collections, right? But if we keep doing the same things we've always done, uh, we're not going to get there.
0: And you could say studying DISC and really matching and mirroring different people's style ends up becoming a habit.
1: It just is another tool. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's my, that's my quote, my, my, my reading recommendation. I love it. I love it. That's great.
0: Well, thank you so much for spending some time with, with me and our listeners because I think that DISC is just such a powerful, powerful way to learn about yourself and your team members and really uh, eliminate a lot of upsets in your life because um, everybody's just got a different behavior style. So thank you so
1: much, Brian. Yeah, my pleasure. And anytime I can help and give and support by giving information and sharing my thoughts, I'm, I'm here for you and for anybody out there. So thanks so much, Kim.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on fortune management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.